And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hey, everybody. It is Wednesday. It is uh, the first day of August in 2018. Thanks for joining me today. This is episode 64. We're going to be talking today about um, heart rate monitors, calorie trackers, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I actually recorded this on Monday. And I went back and I listened to parts of it. And I'm like, wow, this is the first time I've ever done this. I'm like, wow, Darren, that's terrible. That's not good. You can't post that. It just wasn't, it, it was very disjointed. It wasn't well thought out. It wasn't put together. Um, I was trying to f- work off some notes and I don't think it worked very well. So I am actually flying blind today. I have nothing in front of me. I'm just going to give you stream of consciousness for what I'm thinking on the topic. I want to give you a little bit of an update on me first and where things are going because as we know, it's all about me, right? Um, so I started a cut on Sunday. I was planning on starting on Monday, but, um, Saturday night rolled around. I'm like, I talking with the wife. I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm kind of feeling some five guys. Let's make this gung ho last cheat meal and let's, uh, let's knock it out. So we did that Sunday morning, right on. I started the diet that I'd put together here, um, live on episode. What was it? I think maybe 58, something around that range when, um, we, uh, I took you along with me as I constructed the diet in my fitness pal. And you'll, if you recall from that, I, I picked out some clean sources and some, uh, some less clean sources for certain meals. Like I was going to go with a cereal option for the first meal for the carb source. I tried that at one point last week, like Thursday or Friday. And I didn't like how I felt in the gym after that. Like it wasn't sitting in my stomach very well. So I've gone and switched that out. So it's cream of rice and with a little bit of honey in there, which I love. It's great. Um, so I started on Sunday, just got off to a rip roaring start. Uh, I've been banging out cardio, having a really good time with it, being very aggressive with it, not doing a ton of it, but 25 minutes fasted so far every day feels good. I'm hitting some post-workout cardio. One day I actually came back and hit it later in the day at like 5 PM, which is unusual for me. So I'm feeling pretty focused and in the zone. I'm up two pounds (laughs) since Sunday. So eh, I'm not worried about it though, because everything feels tighter. Everything feels better. Um, the lifts are still good today being an exception. It was leg day. I was doing some squats and I had a little bit of a tweak in my lower back on my final rep, just kind of a fluke thing. And it started to tighten up after that and kind of took me out of my game. So, um, I'm sitting on it right now. I can feel it kind of getting a little tight. I'm going to do some ibuprofen and maybe apply a little bit of heat to it later, but, um, it'll be fine. I've got what, um, chest tomorrow, arms on Friday. I got to be ready for legs again on Saturday. Um, so it, it, I think it'll be fine. So I might, might modify a couple things on Saturday, not do a lot of things that are going to put compression on the lumbar spine. So maybe a squat free day. We'll kind of see how it goes, play it by ear, but it's off to a good start. Feel pretty good with it and, um, optimistic. So, uh, I have, I posted last week, uh, an empty version of the spreadsheet tracker that I'll be using for this. This is the modified version of what I have all of my clients use. And I modified it for me just because I know that I'm super OCD and I want to track some things that maybe aren't essential but are curiosities to me. So I plugged in um, uh, fields where I can track my daily skin fold caliper measurements. I'm going to take those every day, just the abdominal reading, just because I know for me, that's a good measurement of, uh, you know, are things moving? Are they not? So, um, they're both at tens right now, left and right, which is you know, a little on the, little on the chubby side, but it's all right. 
Um, so I'm going to track that weigh-ins. I have fields for my cardio and I'm tracking, um, calories burned per session. I'm going to get into that momentarily here on what those numbers mean. And then anything that's been off with the diet. The one tricky thing that happened was on Sunday, everything was fine. I went to the gym, came back, um, post-workout meal. All right. Like this is going to be good. Nice, easy first day. And then my wife asks me, Hey, you want to go see my parents? And I, I know the answer to that is yes. I think the last two times she's gone down there, it's about an hour trip out of town. Um, I've stayed behind and I wanted to see him. I knew it was it was time. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I brought up the old six pack bag, dusted it off, brought it out of the closet. Um, the, the one that I have is one of the very first generation models when they when that company first started. So it's been around the block. It's a little beat up. It's not in the most pristine condition. It looks very much like, you know, somebody driving around in a 1989 Ford Taurus. It's just not, doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles to it, but it gets the job done. And for as frequently as I use it, which, you know, when I used it on Sunday, I think that was the first time I'd pulled it out in probably five or six months. Um, you know, I, I work from home. I don't take a lot of trips, so it's, it's pretty easy for me to just kind of, you know, be, uh, by the book for the most part. But, um, so I took a couple meals on the road with me. And of course there's all kinds of Southern homemade goodies. When I get there, there's like cornbread, there's this and that. And, you know, I, I like that stuff. Okay. But I didn't grow up on that stuff. I'm not a child of the South. So it was fairly easy for me to say, eh, no, that's okay. My mother-in-law has some kind of a disorder where when somebody enters her house, um, it is reflexive for her to start pulling everything out of the fridge, the cupboard, and just say, you want this? I got some of this. Hey, you want this? I had this. So-and-so brought this over. I've got some of that. And it's just this, I mean, I laugh at it every time, and she she knows she's doing it. My wife, I think, has kind of picked up a little bit of that, too. When somebody comes over here, she'll start pulling things out of the fridge. So clearly, whatever this disorder is, it's hereditary. Um, it's hilarious. But she was doing that to me as well. Do you want some of this? Do you want? What do you want to drink? And I'm like, I brought it all. I re really... Everything that I'm going to eat, I brought with me. It's all good. And she knows what I do, but it, she just can't help it. She's very sweet. I love her. Um, and it cracks me up. It, it's funny. So at any rate, Sunday went off without a hitch. No problems. I, just, I, I wanted the, the first day to be like really easy, but instead it ended up being a higher degree of difficulty day, which is good because then since then everything's been easy peasy by the book. No problems. So let's talk about heart rate monitors and calorie tracking here. So this is specifically when it comes to cardio. And, um, this was a segment, um, suggested once again by Lisa McKenzie. Thank you, Lisa, my biggest fan. I love it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> support and encouragement and ideas always appreciated. Um, the, the question vaguely, if I can paraphrase and reword what she was talking about a little bit is the numbers that you get from these devices, whether it's something that you're on or something that you're, that you're wearing that talk about, um, calories, how much can you trust those things? Are the heart rate monitors actually accurate? Because sometimes they show off some weird readings that don't make a lot of sense. Um, and then also when it comes to like when you track your exercise and then an app says, oh, great, well, now you can have additional calories. You know, what's up with that? So let's talk about that first because that's kind of an offshoot of everything else. Um, so oftentimes when you are using an app, whether it's MyFitnessPal or, uh, you know, lose it or something like that, whatever it is, you plug in your vital statistics. And then one, one question that sometimes gets worked in there and sometimes not is, you know, uh, basically to, to select an activity multiplier by yourself for yourself. So how active are you? The problem is that is a question that never has an appropriate answer. It's always impossible to determine. Um, and so trying to get an app that's just going to, oh, we're going to spit out a number and here you go, um, while making some wild assumptions on how your caloric intake should be adjusted based on your activity, 
Um, it's impossible. So um, first of all, activity um, can mean working out. It can also mean what are you doing all day? Like if you sit at a desk all day, but you exercise intensely six days a week for an hour and a half a day, how does that compare versus somebody who does landscaping and lifts once a week for a total body session, but doesn't do anything else um, in the gym all week? Um, so you would say, you know, um, mo most of those, they say, you know, select your activity multiplier and they don't necessarily give you a number, but they'll say like, you know, sedentary, low, medium, high, intense, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but they, they always say like how many times a week you work out, but that's not the full story. And these are extreme examples, of course, desk job versus a professional landscaper. Um, but the idea being there's more to it that goes into determining your total daily energy expenditure, which is what that number is trying to calculate, than just how often you work out. What does your lifestyle look like? Do you have kids? Do you not? Do you have a dog that you walk twice a day? Do you not? You know, I mean, all those things matter. So if you've got somebody who's like a landscaper with kids who keep them busy and running around all the time, and um, or let's say a single mom, you know, and then she's got a dog on top of that, got to walk the dog, push the kids around, et cetera, and then she wants to go and lift. I mean, what what's her TDEE going to look like? It's going to be through the roof. So um, I never trust those calculations, at least not outside of just like very, very ballpark numbers. Like if you go and look at a TDEE calculator online and you look at and plug in like, you know, a middle of the road energy expenditure value, um, and see what that says your calorie should be. And then pick like one notch higher or lower than that. You can see there can be a pretty big variance, like as much as like two, 300 calories a day versus if you pick medium versus intense. And that just tells me, you know what, those numbers are really a crapshoot. I don't trust those. I never go off of those. And it's one of the reasons why in my assessment form, I always ask people, what's your occupation? <laughs> because it matters. It really matters. Are you sitting at a desk? Or even if you're not, what are you doing all day? You know, I mean, are you on your feet all day? Are you moving around? Are you sitting? Are you, are you driving something? Are you performing, you know, medium or hard manual labor? Um, you know, th those things matter big time. So, um, a lot of those apps, though, they, they will ask you what your activity level is to determine your multiplier and then base your caloric intake on top of that. But then for some reason, if you log exercise, a lot of these apps will throw additional calories at you. And that's just not how it works. Like, you know, it, it, it's stupid and it's flawed on a very fundamental level. Like, OK, so my goal is to lose weight and I've just done a cardio session. Now my app tells me I can have a, an extra 150 calories. Not to be too obvious, but that kind of fucking defeats the point of doing the cardio session. I mean, but these apps, they're like, we're just going to roll with it here. Or you log a workout and it gives you an extra 300 calories. I'm like, no, you got to have all that shit just baked into the cake. You've got to know what the numbers are. Maybe have an adjustment on a day when you don't lift, but you're not earning bonus calories based on stuff that you do. One thing that I've never done is I've never adjusted caloric intake based on whether or not we're doing cardio or how much we're doing. That is bonus expenditure. That's all there is to it. We don't adjust intake based on that. So um, it's, a, it's very flawed on, on a very fundamental level when you find some kind of app or calculator or whatever that will do that when you log something um, that's an activity and they give you bonus calories for that. It's stupid. So ignore that stuff. I always tell people two things. First of all, don't ever rely on an app like that to tell you what your goals or your targets are because it can be very ambiguous as to how they arrive at that, those numbers. You don't necessarily know what formula they're using um, and oftentimes they're just wildly inappropriate anyway. And the other thing is never 
log your activity. Um, I always tell people, um, cause I know with my fitness pal specifically, um, the free version of the app, um, gives you very, very vague controls over setting your targets. I think the last time I checked, that's been a while here because I just stopped checking for reasons I'll get into momentarily. You plug in a caloric value and then percentages in 5% increments on how you want to divvy it up between proteins, carbs, and fats. So, uh, you're never going to get, like, if your protein target's 135, you might be able to fudge the numbers enough and get it close to where your protein target's like, well, it's 128, and then the others are give or take about right. So I always just tell people, know what your numbers are. Don't set the targets within the app. Don't mess with it. Don't worry about it. Just know what your daily targets are, and then when you start logging stuff, just work towards those numbers that are in your head, not what's in the app. Um, because also, you know, when I'm working with clients, those targets are going to change periodically also. And I don't want you to then have to say, okay, Damn it, Darren changed my macros again, so I've got to spend another 10 minutes trying to fudge these numbers enough to make them come out right. No, just forget it. You know, if you have to, get it, get, just write it in Sharpie on the back of your hand or something, what your numbers are, or keep a note on your phone. I mean, you know, if your coach um, is, <laughs> I was about to be very judgy here. I'm just going to roll with it. If your coach is worth their salt and actually sends you things that are in a savable format, like in a file that you can store in your email, um, as opposed to like, text messages. I've known coaches who have sent meal plans via Snapchat. I'm like you realize that shit disappears, right? <laughs> like that's, that's not the best way to do it, buddy. Um, relying on somebody to screenshot it. No, that's not smart. Not smart. So assuming that they send it to you in either a word doc or a spreadsheet, just keep that in your email, throw it in your Google drive, someplace where you can access it on your phone. And then if you forget, you can pull it up, um, remotely wherever you are. So, um, Let's talk now about calories burned. So this comes down to how much can we trust the devices that are spitting out these numbers. So um, in general, we're going to divide things into two categories here. There's things that you get on, and then there's things that get on you. Um, the things that get on you would be like a Fitbit, an Apple Watch, a whatever else the other brands of those things that are popular are. I have no idea. I don't own one. I'm not a guy who can wear a watch. They bug the hell out of me. I can't have something hanging on my wrist. I can't wear a bracelet. I can't wear any kind of jewelry. Not like it would be appropriate for me. I would look like a total D-bag if I did. I can't do it. So I can't wear a watch. So I don't know. My wife has worn one for a while, an Apple Watch. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think she used it tremendously for activity tracking, but I, I have found them to generally be, based on accounts of other people, fairly accurate. Um, and the thing is, if you rely on that consistently, and this is going to be the recurring theme throughout the rest of this segment here, consistency breeds usefulness. So what I don't want you to do is something like, okay, well, I usually wear my Apple Watch, and okay, it says I'm burning you know, 300 calories over the course of a 28-minute cardio session, whatever, blah, blah, blah. All right, oh, well, my battery died. I'm going to the gym, so I'm going to hop on the treadmill and just go until I burn 300 calories. You could be on there a long time, or you could be on there not long enough. That is inconsistency. So you're relying on a different device now to track your calories burned, and that is where you're going to get into trouble. If, if you care about precision and accuracy, if you've got an OCD bone in your body, that should be like nails on a chalkboard. Like, no, that does not work for me. Does not compute. Can't handle it. Can't hang. No way, no how. Not going to happen. So there's the devices that get on you. So an Apple Watch. Back in the day, I wore a body bug, um, which was a device probably just a little bit smaller than a Post-it note, probably about 80%, 70% the size of a Post-it note. And you wore it on a strap around your upper arm. I couldn't wear it long because it irritated my skin. I got a horrible rash from it. I have, I have sensitive little dainty skin. I just can't, can't deal with any of that stuff, which is another reason why I don't wear anything like that. Um, 
And I found like it was using a combination of, you know, pulse, which it can detect through sensors. Um, in a, you can wear it in a lot of different locations and also body temperature and moisture content. So they use all these things to determine, you know, what your calories burned are. I'm not sure. I mean, there, there, there's no way to get, I, I don't think I've done a little bit of looking. I can't find any data on formulas that back those things up uh, on how the, the ultimate number that we're interested in gets arrived at. I think generally they're, they're reasonably accurate or they're accurate enough for what we want to do. Um, when I tell somebody to do cardio, I'm giving them a duration and an intensity target, like either a heart rate or an RPE, rating of perceived exertion. Like this is about how hard I want you pushing. And the, the question I often get from clients is, you know, uh, I'm doing this and I've got the machine set at this and my heart rate's this. Am I working hard enough? And you know, my, my often, oftentimes my answer is, if you have to ask, probably not. Um, if it's cardio, you will know it. Are, are you out of breath, tired, and sweating when you're done? If so, yeah, it's probably good enough. For, for steady state cardio especially, you don't have to kill yourself. Now, if you're trying to do short little hit blasts, like a 10, 12, 15-minute session, yeah, I mean, that should be very clear. Like if you aren't dead at the end of that, you didn't do it right. So for steady state cardio, though, a little more ambiguous, but still, it's uh, <laughs> you'll know it when you see it. You know, you'll 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 know it when you experience it and when you feel it. So um, if you have to ask if something was cardio, the answer is no. And this also goes back to my old axiom: don't confuse hard work with sweat, because the two are not necessarily. Um, you, you can't necessarily draw an equivalence between the two. Um, I've had plenty of high-intensity training sessions that were a little bit more low-key, like not really heart rate-focused, where I didn't really sweat much at all, but whatever muscle group I was targeting got brutalized. They're the exception, but it can happen. Conversely, if you live in South Carolina, East Tennessee, and you uh, go outside in August and contemplate mowing your yard for 30 seconds... Suddenly, you might think you're doing cardio because you're sweating profusely. And no, that is not the case. Now, depending on on what kind of device you have, certainly, yeah, I mean, mowing your yard could be considered cardio. It could be hard work. If you've got like a push mower um, and you've got to wrestle with that thing on some inclines, I mean, it's heart rate. It's not sweat because you can very easily sweat without really working hard and getting your heart rate up. That's called humidity. <laughs> so uh, humidity sweats don't count. That's the other thing. Like going and sitting in a sauna, is that cardio? Really? I know some people who think that it is. Yeah, go figure. It is not. Let's be very clear about that. It is not. Um, so that, that's how you know. I mean, the first, of all, first of all, you need to know if you're, in, if, you're, if you're doing cardio or not. And then let's think about how to, to fine tune what that zone looks like. So, you know, you've, you've decided, okay, Darren wants me doing my cardio at like a seven and a half out of 10 intensity level for steady state, which means you're going pretty hard. You're sweating, you're huffing and puffing, but you're not dying. You're not trying to run a four minute mile or anything like that. You're just going pretty hard. Um, but it's sustainable. Like it's a pace that you can sustain for 30 minutes without it feeling like it's the end of the world. That's a seven and a half out of 10. And that's relative. So if you're out of shape, your cardio at that RPE might be a little bit less intense than somebody who's really well conditioned. And that's fine. You'll get there. Your RPE can change over time. So a seven and a half, seven and a half out of 10, you might start to think like, okay, well, that's these settings on the treadmill. That's good. And then a month down the road, that might feel more like a six out of 10. Adjust those settings up. Allow yourself to get more conditioned for sure. Um, so 
it's easiest if you are if you have you know something that goes on you a device that you wear that tracks these numbers and then you can say okay well so these settings say that i'm burning this many calories this feels like cardio good that's my baseline and then you'll know okay for 30 minutes um if i burn according to my watch here 300 calories that feels like it's kind of like the right intensity level which i use those numbers because it's nice and easy what does that come out to well that's 10 calories per minute so then and this is how I do it on my um, machine here at home. Those numbers tend to um, uh, line up pretty accurately. So I feel like I'm at about somewhere between a 7 and an 8 on the RPE scale if my Schwinn elliptical in the garage spits out numbers that are on average with about 10 calories per minute at resistance level 14. Um, and I say that and I throw in that variable simply because uh, if it's a lower resistance level, I can huff and puff and feel like I'm kind of working as hard, but uh, because it uses the resistance and factors that into its calculation as far as how many calories you're burning, uh, it, the number is going to be lower. So I, I track that as well. So resistance level 14, I think it goes up to 20. I don't know. Um, I haven't dared going higher than 14 because that's hard enough. <laughs> um, and at that stage, you know, if, I, if I'm on track for 10 calories per minute, I know I'm on pace. So I just periodically check that. And if I get to minute 10 and I burn 92 calories, I know I'm under average. I'm under my pace. I need to pick it up. So um, that is more accurate for me. Now, here's the other thing. After those 25 minutes are up and I burn 250 calories or 260 calories, is that how many I've actually burned? Well, I don't know, but I'm, I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter. What matters is relative consistency. So I, if I, on, on using the same settings on that machine tomorrow that I did today, if I burn 10 calories more, I know I worked about that much harder, which is to say not much, pretty close to the same, but just a tiny little bit harder. Um, and that's fine. That's useful. Are the numbers themselves absolutely correct? No, they're not absolutely correct. They are relatively correct. So this is like, you know, absolute versus relative directions as well. Like turn left or turn right at this street when you're giving somebody directions. Well, uh, what, what direction are you coming from? Because that's relative versus turn east or turn west that's absolute that everybody knows what that means but you know who knows what east and west is so um you have to say if you're going this direction down this road then turn left okay for, forget it relative versus absolute you get what i'm going for here the numbers are not correct necessarily in an absolute sense of the word but in a relative sense of the word oh yeah yeah those numbers are useful so what becomes less useful then you cannot then carry those numbers so my my elliptical numbers then I'm like, okay, well, the other thing I use is the arc trainer at the gym. So I'll do that for post-workout cardio. I use my elliptical here for fasted cardio in the morning. Um, the numbers on the arc trainer are always higher. In 15 minutes, I can burn 200 calories easy, and I don't feel like I even need an intensity level as high as what I'm hitting here in the morning in order to get that. So the, the calibration on that machine is different. Um, and so the, the, my, my target of 10 calories per minute, which is appropriate on my elliptical to hit my target RPE. Great. Does not apply when I switch a machine. Uh, concurrently you could get on a stair mill and suddenly you're tracking like six calories per minute, but it feels like you're working 20% harder. Okay. Whatever. Um, everything has to be done in a vacuum. So if you slog away on one machine all the time for a similar duration, you should know what that pace is, what your calories per minute pace is 
<clears throat> to feel like you're hitting the, hitting the right zone. And then, you know, if, if you're, if you're, you know, do a periodic check every five, 10, 15 minutes, depends how long your cardio is, see where you are relative to where you need to be by the end uh, of your session and pick up the pace a little bit. I wouldn't necessarily, if you're ahead of the game, I, I would then say, okay, how high can I get this number? Like the other day I hit 280 calories in 25 minutes on my elliptical. That's the high for me. And so now I've kind of established that bar. So now I'm kind of chasing that each time. And sometimes I'm going to get closer to that and sometimes not, but I know I've done it once before. So I'm tracking those numbers on my spreadsheet as well, just because I mean, you'll, you'll see, I'm going to post it on Friday, my updated version of it here. And you can see what I've done for cardio. Um, and in the morning, um, there, there's a column for fasted cardio and there's a column for post-workout cardio because that's when I most commonly do it. So fasted, it's always assumed, uh, my assumption is that it's always on the elliptical. So I put minutes, parentheses, calories burned. And then I can track and see how effective it was, et cetera. And then post-workout, I assume it will be on the arc at the gym. Um, but earlier this week, one time, I didn't have time to do post-workout cardio. So I came and did it on the elliptical at home. So I noted that I did an extra 15 minutes E for elliptical at home. That's my shorthand. And then how many calories I got. And on that one, it was like, I don't know, like 175 in 15 minutes. So I definitely overshot my 10 calories per minute mark. Easier to do when the session's shorter. I think it's, it's kind of like, oh, okay, I got this. I can do this. It's shorter. Cool. Um, so that's the thing. It's relative versus absolute. So all of these things are relatively accurate. And, and that's a level of precision that is really what is useful more so than okay, uh, I need to make sure that I'm hitting 300 calories per session because that's correlated to my macros and my diet. And But no, no don't, don't get caught up on that. You're trying to know the unknowable. Um, and it's, it's not worth the effort that it will take to get to a really poor approximation of what the truth is. So don't waste your time with that. Um, but the relative numbers... Absolutely. So if you're always slogging away on the same machine, you can get a really easy sense really quickly of what your appropriate target is. And I work with a lot of clients who like to shake it up a little bit. They're like, okay, for a 30 minute session, I'm going to do 10 here, 10 there, 10 there. Same concept. You've just got three different machines that you have to know how they're calibrated. Like, okay, on this machine in 10 minutes, I think I can bang out 150 calories on this machine over here. It's probably more like 80. Um, and you know, there, there aren't an infinite number of cardio machines that you can work on. So you'll get a, a good sense for uh, what your target should be on all of those. And those are things that you should pay attention to just to make sure that your cardio intensity stays where it needs to be. I'm not really worried about accuracy and precision. I'm worried about consistently making sure you're working as hard as you need to be in order to get the job done. Um, the more cardio you do, one thing that I think is a universal truth is the more cardio you do, the easier it is to slack on it. And so having those numerical targets established for yourself is going to make it a lot easier to keep on track and make sure that the intensity stays up where you need it to be. That's the bulk of what I wanted to say with this. So again, consistency matters, relative numbers matter, um, and your, your rating of perceived exertion, your RPE, your self-evaluation of how hard you're working plays into all that as well. So hopefully that is somewhat enlightening and or helpful. Um, I'm going to be coming back later this week. Um, I have a special situation that I need to, uh, address, um, and it's, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a teaser here. We're going to walk through um, something that for a lot of you out there, especially if you do flexible dieting, it's going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. But if you're new um, to it or you haven't experimented with it yet, I think it will be really useful. So what we're going to be working on is how to make from a meal plan a macronutrient substitution. So we're going to talk about that. So um, look forward to that for this next week. Otherwise, um, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Here we go. I'm going to run it all down. 
and see if I can get it right. So we still have a poll up at thedropset.com. Please go cast your vote there. Check out the website, fivestarphysique.com. I have workout plans up there. You can look at my coaching offerings and all that good stuff. Follow me on social media, Instagram, Darren underscore star, Twitter, at Darren Star, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, Five Star Physique. Once again, fivestarphysique.com, thedropset.com. Go vote on the poll. Check out episode archives. Call the message number 865-518-2974. Leave your message. We'll do a Q&A segment as soon as I get a few of those built up that are worth talking about. And I appreciate you all listening. Once again, I'll be checking back in with you on Friday.